Welcome to an all new episode of Rehashing, where each week we rehash the latest top entertainment news stories and talk about a whole lot of Bachelor Nation that you might have missed this week. Hi, everybody. Hello, hey. everybody. Wow. wow, everyone's so chipper today. I love it. Oh, we love Tuesdays. Oh. We love Tuesdays. And we love that it's spring outside. Yes. We also have a very exciting episode that we are currently recording for. You guys, why is this episode different from all other episodes? (laughs) Get it? Because it's Passover this weekend. Oh, that's the joke you've been teasing for the last 12 hours. (laughs) <laughs> i am deceased dead I know. that's amazing alana has been like teasing this joke for god knows how long she okay guys put it in the script like i have a joke like so that'll be what i talk about my joke like that's me <laughs> like on the joke guys it was funny it was funny it was funny but it was also funny because i said it i agree yes. i think it was funny because it was a planned joke like i think it was funny because you like set us up for this joke yeah. and that's why it was so funny I know that's why I mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> I know Sam likes it when I say I have something to say and I don't give too many details. It, it actually bothers me because I don't like surprises, but you know, you <laughs> don't like, disappoint that often. So who's going to make, you know, the little introduction as to why this episode is so special. Very, very special guest segment coming your way very shortly in a few minutes. We are going to be sitting down with the one and only Robin Lee the author of all of our favorite books, The Idea of You. We had her on the show a few weeks ago to talk about her writing process and if there's going to be a sequel and her inspiration behind the book. So stay tuned for that interview. It's coming up right around the corner. And it's literally a dream come true that we got to do this. As we said in the first episode, this was like a bucket list thing. So we got it done within like 10 episodes, which is insane. She was really places. She was was really cool. Definitely very, very cool. She was a great first guest. And I think everyone, whether you've read the book or not, is going to definitely enjoy. I think there's really something for everyone in the interview. I think it's going to be great. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it. Same. Very excited to share. We're not going to be doing a normal episode with pop culture updates, Bachelor Nation. Last Mm -hmm. week was the finale. So we're kind of just going to take a break this week. Let, you know, all the attention go to Robin as she deserves it. Let's hear what the jingle is this week. Every week is different. What we're reading, what we're watching, what we're listening to. (laughs) Snaps for doing things. Those are good snaps. (laughs) Like, yeah. Um, So let's start. I'd love to hear what everyone was up to this week in their reading, watching world. I'll start first because why not I read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue it was all over bookstagram and tiktok and all that fun stuff I'm not a huge fan of fantasy so it wasn't like my number one choice um I thought it, there were some great lessons you could take from it but honestly that was about it but another exciting book that I got it's not a typical book but Samantha recommended it to me and it's right here so I'm very excited about my new cookbook I wish you would have told me that you were going to whip it out. I'm staring at mine. It's like right over there. Go get it, Samantha. (laughs) No, because then I have to take off my headphones. (laughs) Anyways, but oh, I'm so happy you brought it up because it's beautiful. It's it's so good. Basic. Yeah. Speaking of Passover, because Alana brought up Passover basically on the weekend. 
Adina was telling me that she's going to be cooking for Passover and she always does it and brings meals to her family, which is so nice. And so I was telling her about this cookbook that I just got. It's by Jake Cohen. He lives also in all over TikTok. Yeah, all over TikTok and Instagram. He's super talented. And what I love about it is it's like classic recipes with a modern twist. So that's why I thought mm-hmm. Adina would love yeah. it because she's like cooking for the holidays, but like, you know, she wants to be like 2021. 20, so love I that. told her to order it and it's just the cutest book. I love it. I'm already obsessed with it. What I'm watching, I finished Greek and I'm taking a watching hiatus because I am in my final three weeks of my master's. So I just kind of have to focus and I don't want to start anything new. And still listening to the Justin Bieber new album. And that's about it. Going to Alana. So I finished Verity and I read Girl With No Jobs book. Those are my Sorry, how did you finish Verity without just telling anyone that you finished Verity? I told Liana. She did. Oh, that's going to cause some controversy. (laughs) So I read those two books and then I watched the Varsity Blues documentary about the college scandal from a few years ago, which had some like celebrity to it. Obviously, that's why I watched it. You know, like Aunt Becky went to prison. Very scandalous. (laughs) yeah, it was very interesting to like kind of understand how everything went down and how that world works. Um, and like they they painted a not they didn't paint a picture, but they did like this like reenactment throughout the documentary of like the phone calls that the FBI picked up and they had actors like recreate the scenes. Oh, I liked it. I, I actually liked. Too. I yeah, really so liked how they did it. Yeah, me too. So it was like interesting to see because right when the story came out, it was all about like. Lori Loughlin and her husband, Felicity Huffman, because they were like the biggest names to be involved with the scandal. So to see like some of the other people that were involved was very interesting. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Wow. I really liked how they had like the actors playing out the story while mm-hmm. it was being told. And I don't yeah. know, I just, it felt more like a movie to me, which I mm-hmm. liked. I also listened to Justin Bieber's album this week. I listened to Nick Jonas's album this week. Oh, I think wait, he, did Justin yeah. Bieber not come out last week during our poll? It came out on Friday. I prefer Nick's over Justin. Sorry, Justin. I love Haley. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> thanks for sharing, Sam. Yeah. So just continuing off Alana, I also prefer after much research and listening, I also prefer Nick's album to Justin's not that we need to be comparing them I just feel like they're the two like most recent albums that I've been listening to I think there's certain songs of Justin's that I like can't get enough of like off my face for example is like one of his best songs ever but Nick's album like as a whole there's just a lot of good you know going on there so I agree with you on that Um, I don't hold on I disagree the one from two the what was it what was it called purpose purpose the one with love yourself. Yeah, perfect. So that was the best out. That's his Agree. best album. Yeah. What do you Ever mean? And ever, that will always be the best yeah. album. What do you mean in Sorry? Like Sorry is, sorry is, is my favorite song. Liana, didn't we go to that concert together? Yes, in my dad's box. Yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, he was amazing. Was okay, wait, pause. Do we think Ghost is about Selena Gomez? No. no. I really? love the song though. I don't think either of them write their own songs. So I don't know how either of them can write a song about each other. Justin writes his own song. What do you mean? Like half of the last, that album. What did we say? Did you see? Purpose was like about her. Did you see that 
Camila Cabello had the song Anyone before hey, Justin Bieber. Yes, that always happens. Though. There's always some songs, but Justin does write his own music. So that's what I'm listening to. Um, what I'm reading is book club book, Things You Save in a Fire. Thanks. Thank you for bringing it up because the other day I texted you guys, what is the book for book club? No one answered me and I forgot to ask again. Um, I like it so far. Seems like it's going to be up my alley. So I'm happy about that. And um, in terms of what I'm watching, I also watched the College Scandal documentary and I'm still watching New Girl and I'm starting to get to the end and I'm getting really like annoyed because I don't want to finish it because I just love it so much. Yeah, that's me. Brianna, please share. I've had a traumatic week in the terms of book world for myself. Um, for those oh, of you yes. that don't know, I was running an Instagram account called Get Lit with Liana. We were growing at a rapid rate. And then on Saturday, uh, Instagram decided to boot me out of the account and then asked me to verify my identity, which I was not able to do because I don't know the email I created for the account. So now we're locked out and I just cannot bring myself to pick up a book, which is sad. So that being said, I'm why didn't so- you write it down? Sam, if you know me, you know that I write everything down. Okay. Like I have every password to every email address I've ever made, except for this one. When you do the recover your email address option on Gmail, every single email address I've ever made for myself, for any of my clients, anything is there except for the bookstagram one. Like it's literally a comedy of errors. It's just God wanted me to not do this anymore. I think I'm That's, really sorry. Now all of my get lit energy is being put into rehashing. So you're Ooh. all very welcome. Um, but in terms, so I haven't picked up a book in like a few days, but I'll get back into it. And then in terms of what I'm watching and what I'm listening to, they go hand in hand because Demi Lovato dropped her docuseries today and it's nine o'clock and I've yet to watch it. That's problematic. So we have to wrap this up because I got to go watch, but in terms of what I'm watching and listening, I'm going to be watching that on repeat till I die. What I'm listening to is Demi Lovato's new song, Dancing with the Devil. That's not out yet. But last night at her premiere party, she Mm -hmm. sang it on stage and people posted Instagram stories of it. So I've caught little snippets and it is Sam. It is a gospel belty (laughs) anthem. Can you send it to me or is it already gone? I don't know. It may be on her Instagram story still. So I encourage you to go watch. So many people were posting it, but the song I'm sure is coming out this week because her album comes out next week on April 2nd. So we're getting new Debbie music really soon. And then I will be in a hole and nobody could find me. (laughs) I did. I just want to mention that I did start. I have 10 minutes left of the second episode. I'm not going to spoil it, but to me, like when I started watching the episode, they do talk about her overdose within the first two episodes and everything that happened. And like, as I was watching it, it occurred to me like how much I actually care. Like, I wasn't no. expecting you to say that. No, like when you think of it, like we grew up with Demi Lovato, like Liana has a different kind of like obsession with her than us, but like she's someone that like was there when we were like at the end of elementary school, throughout high school, post, like not just because like one of our closest friends was obsessed with her, like she was like so ingrained in our pop culture growing, like throughout our entire life watching her documentary hit differently than all the other documentaries I've seen about different artists speaking of Demi Lovato and great movies that she's made I just want to mention one other thing that I will be watching Mm, Um, same same same. yeah I love how you just like know what I'm about to say Tina has no idea um not sure about Alana but basically I got her because you made a face you're like what um anyway I saw a little reminder on Netflix that I think it's called A Week Away or yes. The Week Away, a but week it's basically away. that new like camp rock vibes movie, but it's basically like literally a new camp rock. It's like a musical set in camp 
like what could possibly be better that's like my dream yeah. like literally what could be better it comes um, out on friday musical. on friday okay so we'll oh, talk about it next exciting. week i yes. definitely will be watching it so anyway yeah i need to go because i have to i have homework to do <laughs> i have to yes. study that demi's waiting for you with that all being said we are really excited to introduce our interview with robin lee as we mentioned earlier it was amazing it was so much fun so keep watching and enjoy We are joined today by author and actress Robin Lee. We are so excited to have her here. She's the author of the book, The Idea of You, which is a book that we all love very, very much. The story of The Idea of You follows a 39-year-old single mother who is an art gallery owner. Her name is Selene, and she takes her 11-year-old daughter to her favorite boy band concert, August Moon. At a meet and greet backstage, Selene hits it off completely with one of the boy band members named Hayes Campbell, and the two embark on an emotional and very intimate relationship that takes them all around the world. So hi, Robin. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Morning for you, but it's afternoon for for us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So to get started... When I heard about this book, I could not read it because I grew up obsessed with the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, all things boy band. So I need to know, where did you come up with the inspiration for this book? Um, you know, it's a very, it's a, it's a long <laughs> story. It's, uh, I'd, um, it was like seven years ago now, I guess. Gosh, it's been a while. Um, my husband was away on business in New York and I was home with the two kids who were much younger. And um, I was up late one night uh, surfing the internet, surfing like YouTube and looking at music videos. And I came across this one video of this band, this guy in a band who was like really beautiful, but obviously like a kid, like way. But I quickly like went down a rabbit hole and like looking, like finding out all this information about him. And I, I noticed that he dated older women. And so I started thinking like, oh my God, could you imagine having you know, a relationship with a young guy in a boy band? Um, because I'd totally been a boy band person too, several years ago, but I completely outgrew that. Of course. <laughs> um, but when my husband came home like two days later, I was like, I found the perfect guy. I'm gonna leave you and the two kids. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you are crazy, but that would make a great book. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, like, oh, you know what? I could, not only would it be a a fun book to write, but I could do it well. Um, Right out of college, I'd started a management company with a girlfriend of mine and we managed a singing group, a girls, all girls group. And we got one of the new kids on the block to produce for us. Oh, no way. Yeah, so I got to know the new kids when they were still like at the height of their fame. Like they're they're just kind of just coming down off of like, I don't know, magic, whatever. um, so they were like, yeah, they were just coming down and I, and I, and I, we were, I got to know them and I got to see what their lives were like and what that experience was. And so I knew I could write for a boy band. Like I knew what that life was like and I knew I could imagine it enough and I just needed to kind of update it 25 years and see what like <laughs> bands today were like and like, you know, stuff like what their venues were like, I mean, where they were playing, what kind of publicity they did, what, what hotels they were staying in, et cetera. And so I just kind of, um. I sat down and I wrote it and I, and I, you know, I'd like just turned 40 and I was kind of like thinking all those things about mm-hmm. getting older, um, especially as a woman in Hollywood. I'm an actress mm-hmm. I've been acting for several years and uh, 
you know, you start seeing things shift after a certain age and like your parts dry up and then you're, you're just considered not as viable or as desirable as you once were. And so that kind of weighed on me. And this was kind of like my way to like, I don't want to get back at the world to be like, you know what, we can still be sexy at this age. And why, why not? And why can't I somehow portray that in a, in a story that feels like a very real and as honest as I can make it and genuine like love story and, and, and show like also the, the highs and lows. Like there's so much people assume everything about like Hollywood and fame is this glamorous, wonderful thing. And it, it's not, there's a lot of ugly. Um, and I wanted to kind of layer all that in and then kind of like show the sexism and ageism um, that I was aware of confronting in this business and, and doing it through Selene's point of view. It's so interesting because the fact that this is such a topical thing about women like trying to take control of their sexuality and especially women that are getting older. It's so interesting to me that there's not so many like pieces in pop culture, in arts and culture right now that are talking about like this kind of topic. And that's something, I mean, we're all, we're all in our mid twenties now. And obviously we can't relate to what it's like yet to be like a 40 year old woman. And you will, you'll get there. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) We'll get there. It'll it'll be in the blink of an eye. And then you'll kind of look back and be like, Whoa, like, right. But it's still so interesting. Yeah. But but it's still very interesting for us to read it and still be able to resonate with that and understand Mm -hmm. that like, this is something that's going to happen to us one day. And that this, it's just, it was a very eye opening like perspective, I guess, that I had never read. And I read a lot and I watch a lot of movies, but it was just, that was something with me that really stuck with me, um, which I found was really, really interesting and different. And I haven't come across it really again since reading the book, which is cool. Glad yeah. to hear that. And I'm glad to hear it rec- resonates with you guys as well, because I, I mean, I think when I was writing it, I was like, okay, this is for 40 year old women. And then I was like, okay, it's 30 to 50. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, like I kept like extending, but, but I, I have, fans of this book who are like in their 70s and I have women in their 20s and I love that we can all relate to it because I mean I think there's something there you can take from it you know? 100% so you mentioned how you know a lot like coming up with the book it was about you saw the YouTube video with the boy band members dating older women um how did you come up with Solen's character um I came up with Hayes first I knew who I wanted him to be. I wanted, I definitely knew I wanted to make the group British. When I was like an adolescent, I was obsessed with Duran Duran. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of Duran Duran fan fiction. Um, So I knew, I knew how to write British characters and British bands and like British guys, like just their banter. I knew really well. And I love that kind of, I love that kind of comedy. Like I love like Hugh Grant. Like I love watching things like Love Actually or Four Weddings and a Funeral. Like that's I just, my favorite. That's, the best yeah, movie. Wit and banter was just like brilliant. It's like I could have a guy like that, like posh though. Like I, I kind of wanted him to be like Prince Harry, Prince William, Eddie Redmayne esque, but like, but sexy like Harry Styles. And if I could like combine all that, I could have a really great guy. But I thought to have a guy like that. I mean, sorry, once I had this guy, I had to find a woman that he would be attracted to and not just like, oh, I, I, I'd like to sleep with her and that would be it. Like mm. someone like holds his attention. And so I needed her to be like um, beautiful and refined and elegant, but just sophisticated in a way that most 20 year olds that he was going to confront and like meet on the tour or whatever in his, in his day to day 
just sophisticated in a way that they were yeah. not, like worldly in a way that they were not, with knowledge that, that they didn't have. Um, and I, uh, a couple of years prior to writing this book, I'd been, I was in Aspen visiting friends and we were at a, an art fair and I saw a woman there um, looking at the art and she was just stunning to me. Like she was just beautiful, like tall and like olive skin and dark hair and like no makeup and just super elegant, like ballet flats and like jeans. Like she was just so like, and her hair was like in a tiny little ponytail. Like she was just stunning, <laughs> naturally stunning. And I told my husband, it's like, that is like my dream woman. If you're ever gonna become a woman. <laughs> my age like she was not like 20 she was like 40 years old yeah. or whatever late 30s and um when I started writing this I thought I thought of her like her face came to mind that what if it's like that woman I saw at the art fair and then I started thinking, what if she's in the art world and that was a world that like okay. has always been attracted to me because I didn't know very much about it but I knew that it was international I knew that you know, there was a lot of travel involved and languages and meeting different people and getting to know different cultures and, and art, which has always fascinated me. Um, so I, I went down this like research, like in the rabbit hole, like researching contemporary art in the contemporary art world and the world of gallerists and art shows and auctions. And it was really this beautiful, fascinating, like it was like a Disney world for me to like, wow. and to be in that, in that world because it, it was just, Extraordinary. And this is a very long-winded way of answering your question. No, <laughs> no that was <laughs> amazing. I actually, okay. yeah, I actually love the connection of Selene with the art and Hayes with kind of like this music, which is also a form of art, you know? And I love mm -hmm. that it was kind of their way of connecting, even though, you know, they're not the same age and they have different kinds of friends and lives, but it was this one thing that was so different, but it was also so similar in a way that was really a great way to tie it in together. Thank you. Yeah, it was important for me to have her be something that someone that he could be, he could learn from, you yeah, know, mm -hmm. for sure. Be mesmerized with and, and fascinated with and, and, and for it to endure. Like it wasn't going to be like a one month fling, whatever, or two months or whatever it is. Right. Whatever it is those millennials do these days. <laughs> <laughs> the four of us, we're actually all in a book club together. And our favorite question at the end of our book club is discussing like, if this were to be made into like a movie or a TV show, like who do we picture as these characters. And it's so funny that you mentioned Harry Styles because so many people compare him to Harry Styles. And like, I personally didn't, when I read the book, I didn't even, I find because maybe it's because I read it more recently. Like Harry Styles is so much more older now than like he would have been at the time. So are there any like people that you would have in mind that kind of fit these characters? Or like for me, when I was talking with the girls earlier, I thought I envisioned like Ali Larder with like brown hair playing Solen and it worked like so well in my head. Which is so funny because in real life, she's married to someone named Hayes. Allie Larder? Yeah. Oh, cool. I love yeah. that. I do remember, I remember that. Yeah, that's, that's why funny. it's so funny. My, well, my husband's last name is Hayes. And so when that's, mm. that's oh, right, okay. I figured it was a way to keep him in the book. And, and if I fell too in love with this character and I slipped up, he <laughs> would never be the wiser. So, <laughs> um, but I remember seeing her when she got married thinking, oh, look, that's like, that's Eric's name, whatever. Yeah. Um, I had not thought about it later. <laughs> I had a bunch of different people on my inspiration board for both characters. And I don't think 
I didn't really want to limit, I mean, it's, it's so interesting because when you're writing these characters, they become these very specific to you and I can see them, right? But they're mm -hmm. not anyone specifically. Like right. it's not Harry Styles and she's not the woman in Aspen. And it's like, I, I, I see who they are and yeah. I can't. Um, I would love to have like a photocopy of your brain to see who you see. <laughs> I would give anything to have that because when I read the book, I mean, I've read the book now, like no joke five times, but the first time I read it, I obviously thought of Harry Styles as everyone does. And now that I've read it so many more times, I don't see Harry anymore. Like now I think I kind of see Tom Holland ish as him, which is like a similar kind of prototype, but no matter what, like I cannot be convinced otherwise, like to me, my Solen in my head is Zoe Saldana. That's so funny. Oh. Yeah. Like I cannot be convinced otherwise, like in my head, that's her to a, like a T and I don't know how that came to me, but that's just it. I did or have a couple of Zoe Saldana pictures in my inspiration. Oh, okay. You're onto something. I, I also feel like it, for me, it's like how I feel like the characters feel away from me. Like mm -hmm. in essence. And so I'd pick like pictures of like certain celebrities doing certain, like in certain like, places, most of them were not celebrities. They were, they were like model, random models or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'd find photos of, but, but I did have a couple of Zoe. <laughs> and she's race and she was a ballerina. And I feel like that, and that in like her lines and everything. And I, I kind of, that kind of yeah. helps. It worked. I really pictured Gal Gadot. Oh. And she was not around, no, she was around, but she was, I was not, she was not on my radar. When oh, I that's was, true. said that since she was not on my radar when I was writing. Um, when I was writing, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of actresses who I, I could, I thought of maybe um, like Marion Cotillard was one. Mm -hmm. Rachel Weiss was one. Okay. Um, but really it wasn't for their acting ability. It was just mm -hmm. the people I got from yeah. them. Yeah, a vibe. Yeah, a vibe. Yeah, the, the role could be played by a variety of actresses. Yeah. You know, it's like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be the exact slant in anyone's head. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. For sure, for sure. So this um, is not a spoiler. Well, it is a spoiler, but we're we're talking about the entirety of the book. There's nothing that we need to like withhold here. We're just gonna dive right into it. The part of the book that like I will never get over that gave me a horrible book hangover for literally a month, and I still think about it all the time is the <laughs> ending of this book. And I'm sure you get that all the time whenever you talk to anyone about this book. But I just need to know for my own like mental sanity, like when you wrote this book, was the ending in your head from the beginning? Did you know this was going to, how it was going to end? Or was it kind of like you started toying with this idea, this concept, you didn't really know once you started writing, then you got to this ending. Like, I would um, love to know that. I knew the ending from the beginning. I knew it wasn't going to work out. Okay. She was going to be the one to break it off. I knew it was going to happen at some point, and then he was going to show up at her doorstep some point later, and she was going to have to be like, it's done. Um, the exact words didn't come to me until I was writing it. And the first draft I did of it was kind of wishy-washy because I was so emotional writing it. Like I didn't want to let him go as much for me as, as forget about Celine. <laughs> break his heart too much. Um, and then I, I'd, I'd had my sister read it and she'd been reading it chapter by chapter all along. And I was like, what do you think of the ending? And she's like, she's like, it's good. It's good. She's like, they're going to get back together. It's good. <laughs> I was like, 
no, they're not going to get back together. Like, this is not, this is not, there's no sequel. This is like, it's over. It's over. And she was like, yeah, I didn't really get that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm going to change the ending then. And so I, 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 I ripped the bandaid off. Um, and I wanted it to feel for the reader as it felt for Hayes. Like, just totally like, whoa, like. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, how can you do that? Like, what now? Like, wh where, where do I go now? And like, and that kind of like, because I felt like if he, she coddled him and led him on, it would have gone on for a long time and it would just gotten more painful and dragged it out. And I don't feel like she, she wasn't, she wasn't ready. It wasn't the right time for the two of them at that time. It's so interesting that you say that she, you didn't want her to like coddle him and bring him back because the first time he showed up at her door, she let him into her bed. Like they were intimate again, one last or two last times, whatever it was. But <laughs> for me, I was just, when the first time I read the book, I was like, okay, no, we're golden. We're fine. We're, we're making it past this finish line. Like we're there, they're the end game. And then when it just ends like that, I was like, there's gotta be more to this book. I don't <laughs> believe this is the end. Like I could not. I think it became very con concrete to her when when he'd quit the band and right. it was kind of like he like was giving up his life and for mm -hmm. her did not know what that would really entail like he's yeah. 20. You really do see so much like character change there like from the beginning you kind of see him as like this young boy band you know like kind of guy and of course he's infatuated with Selene from the very beginning but at the end like you can feel how like truly broken he is over her and it's such a difference from you know, the beginning of the book. So it was very, you say you wanted the audience to feel heartbroken. You did that for sure. <laughs> like we definitely felt it. Also, I found that it's interesting that you said you didn't want Hayes to have to like give up his life for what he was doing for this relationship, which is like a pretty interesting juxtaposition compared to like Selene and how she's kind of giving up what she wants for her daughter. Right. And like, none of us are moms yet, but I can't imagine being a mom and having this great big love and wanting to continue with this great big love, but realizing that there's another greater, bigger love being your child. So I'm just curious, like you being a mom, like how that is why I didn't think I, didn't, I wasn't sure if it would relate with 20 year olds who were not married or whatever divorce or moms. Yeah. Um, Yes, someone comes into your life that's like more important than everyone else and everything else. And they're only there with you in your home for a a short period when they need to they need your protection. Like they they are relying on you for everything. And then they go on their own and they become their own person. But like in that time, like it's so critical that you feel responsible in every way. Like I remember, you know, when my son was um, like a toddler or preschooler and you feel like everything that you met, you, you wonder like, oh my God, I've broken him. Like I've, I've like <laughs> life, he's going to be in therapy because I did this or I did that. Like you, you second guess everything and then you stop. It's not, a, everything is not as critical as I get older, but it's still, you hope you're doing it right. Like there's no book I mean there are a lot of books there's no real like this is the answer this is how you raise a child because and every kid is different um and you have to know your kid and you have to know how sensitive they are how fragile they are how much they can function without you and when they need to be protected and and they come first mm -hmm. there's something about that's really beautiful and incredible that you can feel the love for someone in that way that you'd want to put someone else's mm -hmm. life and happiness before your own but there's something that feels very, also very onerous. Like you, you stop being just you. It's not right. just you. It's crazy because it's not, not just. Son that's like, 
it's huge. And it's, I wanted, I wanted to portray that realistically. It's, it's and, almost that it's not just like Hayes and Selene's love story. Like it's love, it's Selene's love story with her daughter too, which is right. something I feel that a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to. They're just focused in on the haze of it all, but yeah, it's, it's they, really, it was beautiful. They miss it. I think my book was marketed a lot like a romance. And so people are, are looking at the cover or whatever, and they read the back and they're like, oh, a romance. And, they're, and they miss all the signs. And they get right. to the end, what do you mean? What the hell? What is this? What is this? <laughs> you were never reading a romance. I apologize for my marketing. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it was a love story, but it wasn't a romance. And she slips it in there so often. Like it's not going to work. I knew it wasn't this and whatever. And yeah, Adina had a question yeah, literally so- about that. So literally our next question was, there's a lot of debate of whether or not it's a romance story or a love story because it doesn't follow the typical algorithm of a romance. So you kind of just answered that for us already. Truth is I didn't, I don't, I don't really read a lot of romance and I didn't for years and years and years. Like I didn't, I maybe read a couple in high school, college, and then it kind of like, it wasn't me. Um, And I didn't know the rules of romance and when I was writing this book I wasn't writing I, I thought I was writing literary fiction like I thought I was writing women's fiction like a, a woman's story and there was a love story at the crux of it but it wasn't a romance and so I remember workshopping it in my writing group and I only had like a few like four chapters in and a girlfriend of mine was like oh well you know and she's explaining to me how the sex scene should go like she's like you've got a lot of little bits in here you're not giving away too much and, and I was like what are you talking about? And she said, oh, well, you have to have like two love scenes, like soup to nuts, like everything from <laughs> that and I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Did you go to school? <laughs> it's funny because we, we it's a, I went to Yale and it's a Yale women's writers group. So. Oh my God. Of, but like, but she's so like, oh, that's the romance formula. And I was like, I wasn't writing a romance. She's like, Oh, but, but this is what I, this feels like a romance. I was like, no, I don't think so. And so even when I got to the like, I didn't know how a romance was supposed to like. I didn't I didn't know the the rules. Mm. Um, I just wrote my book, and wow. uh, I, I I've never called it that. I've always called it a love story. It is. It's an yeah. epic love story. An epic <laughs> love story. And like my favorite love stories were like Titanic, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> like things that like. <laughs> You know, tragic you're, endings you're falling and like yeah. someone's dead or yeah. it didn't work out it was Literally. like it was the greatest love ever but it didn't yeah didn't work out the, like, the best love story. happy ending yeah no the best love stories are the ones that leave you with like the worst hangover and you can't stop thinking about them yeah, and thinking about them and thinking i'm like well, why didn't i remember seeing something years ago i was like in my 20s and i don't <laughs> remember the story it took place in England like in the countryside it was some couple and they were supposed to get together and it was like they missed each other by like seconds on the oh. train station platform and like never saw each other again oh. and was, I don't remember the story but I remember like crying for, like days and like if you just waited five minutes and, like <laughs> like I, love, yeah. I kind of love that stuff <laughs> yeah well a lot of people love this book as you know and love stories like this and we just like need to talk about the Facebook group of it all the hazelnuts and all the people I'm a proud I'm a proud hazelnut I've now added everyone in this group chat to the group we're all in there awesome it's the best it's like my favorite thing ever is going on I don't use Facebook I literally go on Facebook so I could see the little updates and every day it's someone else I just introduced this book to my friend meet this person they can't breathe they can't do it all like a support group literally and chocolate like give us a like exactly but I just, I need to talk about, or ask you rather about these like bonus excerpts that you've written. 
I know yeah. that you wrote one like a while ago and then you wrote another one more recently retrograde, which is so funny because we talk about retrograde here all the time and how Mercury just constantly feels like it's in retrograde and none <laughs> of us can figure our shit out. But I need to know, like, I know you said that you've written these like extra bonus scenes, like on the fly, like recently, but were they really like recently written or did you like have these in your back pocket when you were writing? No, them? I wrote them. The first one I wrote because it was and- Andrea Atkins is the name of the uh, yeah. Thing and it was her birthday and she's like I'd really love an I'd really love a a sequel for my birthday and I was literally I was in the kitchen I was making meatballs or something like that <laughs> within like half an hour of making the meatballs I was like oh I'll just write this and then I posted it and they were like the group was like dying and I was like I knocked that out in half an hour like that was- <laughs> and so so like the day before her birthday another member <laughs> says like I just want to remind you tomorrow's Andrew's birthday in case you want to birthday. <laughs> And I was like, ah, oh, crap. And I was like, okay, I'll, I think I think this one took a little longer. I think this one took like an hour, but it, literally like I can, their voices are so clear to me. Their, 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 the essence is so specific. Like I know these people, I live with them. Yeah. And kind of like turning them off and turning them on. And so I can, I can knock that out easily. Like just their banter and the two of them together and their dynamic, I can do really easily. Coming Love up with- storyline and like well, other obstacles and friction whatever like I don't want I don't want to write a sequel that's just um them <laughs> just them talking to each other I guess well, like, you know what I mean like yeah I'm sorry, this. I'm sorry too let's um I made a mistake me too okay let's be together forever like I yeah. could do that but it just feels um false and forced and I I don't want to do it until I have more that I want to say. I don't want to write a sequel to more that I want to say. So in the interim, I do write scenes for them. Okay. Um, this is a little good news, a little gift. Is anyone like in my head, like if I write a sequel, these are the scenes that will go into the sequel. Just because sometimes little bits of conversations come to me and they feel so specific and so relevant, like pertinent that I have to put them down on paper. Um, and eventually, I think I'll I'll do something with it. Like I, oh I'll publish God. it. Oh so my I, goodness! So but, you- uh, I'm not putting a date on it, and I okay. still need to figure out the whole arc and the whole story and what it is I want to say. Besides, so there's no pressure on it, but like yeah. it's percolating. It's percolating. <laughs> okay. It's percolating. Like, okay. When I enter things into it, and I write down locations and <laughs> oh my random things and. That's just beyond, that's all we needed to hear. It's just that maybe it's, it may be one day. Maybe it's maybe one day. Just because I love that. it's still so alive for me. Kind of speaking of a sequel, one of the characters that we spoke a lot about was Oliver and how there was so much more of his story to be told. Um, kind of little tidbit saying other secrets are not mine to tell, kind of insinuating that there was something big about his life that we were yet to find out about. So maybe a book, from his perspective, have you ever thought about that? Um, I have. I don't. Here's it. I don't. I don't know how I feel about writing something from one of the guys. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons is because I feel like, as an author, if you want to write from someone's perspective, you have to really know how that person thinks and mm-hmm. that culture and I don't feel like I've spent enough time in England to write for an, an English guy you know what I mean like I can write 
my experience of him as an American or whatever in the world and like the things he says, whatever, but I don't, I couldn't like his train of thought. I don't know that I could articulate. Fair. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like the voice is wrong, whatever. And I see it, sometimes I see it when other people do it. I'm like, a Brit would never say that. Like, right. like, like that's not how he's thinking. But until <laughs> I know, I don't feel like I can, I can perfectly capture it. But like exactly. when writing that, his storyline, even though you didn't write it, you have some idea of yeah, obviously. I definitely, yeah, I know right. the history. And and if I do a sequel, you know his secret. I'll reveal more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, would, would love a photocopy of your brain. Yeah. <laughs> to sell something on the black market. If you want to tell us the secret <laughs> now. <laughs> no, I'm keeping that to myself. I love, okay. I love the Oliver character and I love their storyline and I love their, their dynamic together. They're yes. just, it's interesting. I feel like it added like his storyline, you know, the story was already so exciting with kind of, you know, the Selene and Hayes of it all, but the extra parts that we had with the Oliver character, I don't know. It kind of just, it made it, gave it a little extra spunk, which was, you know, was really good for all of us, especially like during the pandemic, everybody's looking for things to do. So kind of leading into that, I feel like, well, for all of us, actually, we all discovered this book during the pandemic and during quarantine. And um, we read an article where Vogue actually said that it was like that pandemic sleeper hit. So, you know, have you thought about it? What, what do you think made it kind of such a hit during this pandemic? Is it because people you know, we're looking for things to read. Is it because Harry Styles is gaining traction? Like, mm -hmm. what was that for you? No, I think, I think all along it was, a, it was, it was positioned as a small book by my publisher. And so it, it was, it didn't get a ton of publicity in the beginning and okay. a ton of marketing behind it. And so it's been growing steadily since it's been released by word of mouth. It's just like women reading it and telling their friends and telling their friends and telling them. And I think it's, it, it came to a head during the pandemic because then it, it's not, it's, it's, you're telling your friends, but now we're all kind of like a captured audience. No one's going anywhere. Exactly. There's a lot of travel in it and people need that escapism now because no one's going anywhere. Um, uh, yeah, I guess Harry Styles had a really good year last year. <laughs> <laughs> but helped. I actually, yeah, I actually think it's like, like you said, with the travel and everything, and I don't know, it kind of just exports you like out of your yeah. kind of universe, you know, it's like, mm. I was thinking like, oh my God, like, could I date someone from a boy band? Or like, <laughs> when am I going to travel next? Like, you know, it kind of gets you thinking yeah. about all these things, because what else are we kind of doing right now other than just being sure. home? So I love that. Yeah, and we're all doing the same thing day in, day out. I don't know if you guys, it feels like Groundhog's Day here. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> We say that every day. Still <laughs> March 2020. Right. The idea of like getting on a plane to Paris or I was like, where are places? Uh, Anguilla or whatever. <laughs> or going to a concert. Yeah, going we're, to all, a concert. We're, we're very big concert goers, all yeah. of us. Like uh, we miss that a lot. So. And like with a bunch of like with a large party and yeah, hugging, oh. kissing people and like <laughs> breathing on people. Like, <laughs> so, like oh, like who knew that could be like that little simple thing could be like your escapism. So I think okay. part of, it's part of it's part of having a captured audience. It's part of the escapism of the book, and I guess it's also part Harry Styles. And I think it, but the, I think the largest part is just people telling. It's word of mouth and it's accumulated. And it's gotten to a point where people have really like caught onto it, which yeah, is well. Well, we've told everyone to read it. Literally. <laughs> I like I scream it at everyone. Everyone's always like, what should I read? I'm like, have you read the idea of you? If not, you need to read it. Like, what are you doing? It's fine. 
no day like today. Yeah. Um, but obviously we really want to talk a bit about your acting career because you've been in so many movies that like we are literally obsessed with. But before we talk about that, I just want to talk about how like you managed to like wean in some of your acting into the book because you did the audiobook. You recorded the entire thing yourself. Which is so crazy. I mean, I don't listen to too many audiobooks, but I obviously did listen to this audiobook. And I found that you being able to do both, not even just both Hayes and Talon, but doing everyone's voices, all the characters. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Um, you know, it's how I write. Like, I write in these voices. And like, I, and I'm, when I'm writing, I'm constantly reading it out loud. So I can, and, because it's, I, I don't know if it's my acting background or what, but I want to hear the dialogue to see if it sounds real. And so I'm constantly doing their banter out loud. And so I can hear them. I know their voices really well. And when it came time to do the audiobook, I was like, I, I, they, they weren't going to allow me to do it. Like I, I like asked, like, can I, can I, whatever. I had to audition, by the way. No. So, yeah, I did. I just submit a tape of me. Uh, oh <laughs> I was like, awesome. like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna know the characters as well as I am. No one's gonna know how they're supposed to sound. Um, and uh, and I was so happy to have been able to do it. And it was really, I want to say, like the most rewarding thing I've ever done professionally because I really felt like it was, it was a meeting of the writing and the acting, and it was mm-hmm. so joyous and I mean emotional and like, like ripping my heart out and crying and whatever. But it was such a a gift to be able to to do it and like to spend that week just like in a booth with my director like <laughs> how guy and I was like very early I was like this is gonna get a little yeah little steamy <laughs> I'm just warning you he's like nothing you can say will shock me trust me uh, we've had people in here reading full-on porn this is <laughs> like, okay I just don't want you to think of me differently like <laughs> um we yeah. love the steam yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you totally like want to giggle. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this, and there's man is listening to me, and like, <laughs> it sounds like I'm having sex with myself. Like, um, at some point, I, okay, they're paying for this, this session. Time is money. Be a professional. Get all your giggles out and just read it and do it. Oh my god. So it was, uh, it was really lovely because I kind of yeah. thought, like, no matter what happens with it, like if if it's ever a movie or a TV series or whatever it becomes and other characters will step in and play those roles and, and give them life in a way that I can't for all of them. But it was really lovely for me to get out there exactly how they were to me, how they sounded in my mm-hmm. head to right. put it out in the world. It was, it was like, it added such a new element to the book, like having read it so many times, listening to it, there's nothing like it. And especially you, reading it like you telling the story because they're your characters it was your dialogue it was all conjured up in your head so there nobody would have been able to do it remote justice it had to be you it's crazy they made you audition it needed to be you (laughs) but in in other acting stuff I need to just tell you a really funny story so it was just Valentine's Day not too long ago and my boyfriend has been asking me to watch the Fifty Shades movies I don't know what his fascination is. I don't know if he's like trying to drop subtle hints, like what it is, <laughs> but he like wanted to watch. So I'm like, okay, like we can watch them. I saw them all in theaters when they came out. I loved the books. I remember loving the movies when they came out. So I was like, okay, fine, we could do this. So anyway, we were watching. And then the second movie, I like slipped my mind that you were in it. 
And then all of a sudden there you are. And I'm like screaming, I'm like smacking him. I'm like, that's Robin, that's Robin. (laughs) Wait, what, what? And then the helicopter scene, basically we just all want to know what it was like to like be crashing in a helicopter with Christian Grey, like (laughs) casual activity. It was, we shot it like in May, mid to late May in Vancouver. And it happened to be like 85 degrees that day. It was like crazy, crazy hot. Oh my God. Jamie and I were in this tiny little cabin. They built like a, it's like the cabin of a helicopter. So that's real. We're in a helicopter, Mm -hmm. but we're suspended on like some kind of rig, some kind of jerried rig that kind of like jerks and like moves us from side to side. (laughs) And, and we're hoisted up in the, the rig is like up on a kind of scaffolding, I guess, or something like that. Um, because it, it has to look like enough in the air. So that, so we've got a huge right. green screen behind us and the green screen is actually a big inflatable wall. Like it's like oh. it's inflated. It's not your standard size green screen because it has to be the size of the sky or the mountains or whatever it is. Um, so we're up in this little cabin thing for hours on end. It's super duper hot. I'm like sweating like crazy. We're <laughs> flying the plane or he's flying the plane and he's not giving away anything. Like he's so, because that's his character, A, but also in the scene, he's like, I'm totally in control. And I'm like freaking out by myself. <laughs> and I'm like, like, am I too much? Am I a little less? What do you need? Like, um, but it was, uh, it was, I wouldn't say it's a fun day. It was a fun day. I, I mean, I think I, I love acting and I love getting, the idea that we get paid for it is like, I mean, I think I get paid to audition and to go through all the other BS that goes along with acting because the actual acting is such fun. You would do it for free. Right. Not in all cases, <laughs> <laughs> what the project is, but if like, if you're working with nice people and good people and everyone wants the best from the project and the material is decent, like you do it for free. Like yeah. it's, yeah. it's a passion, right? It's a, when you're passionate about something and you really, really love it, that's how you feel, so came out of that the next day I was so sore everyone's like take a bath with Epsom salt <laughs> I had crazy bruises up and down my arms oh my God. Amy had none oh. none and I was like I don't even remember getting like how I did it but I guess I was throwing myself enough around that I was hitting things and like but your adrenaline is so high you're not thinking that you're yeah. mm-hmm. like, oh, I was pain shooting it but I was like like they had to like cover me over. I, the next shot I did was like four days later and they were like covering me in like body makeup. Oh my God. God. That's crazy. What did you do? And I was like, I don't know. I was in the helicopter crash. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did a good time. You kind of mentioned before perhaps a movie or a TV series. Do you think that you would act in one Um, of those if it were to come to life? I didn't start out writing this with the intention that I was writing something for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. But so we got further along, I thought, I would hope that if this became a movie, I would be able to play a role, for sure. We'll see. It would be amazing. <laughs> I will tell. It would be I'm incredible. Gonna... Lastly, our favorite segment of our podcast is the what we're reading, what we're watching, where we kind of like discuss, obviously, like the things we're reading at the time or what we're watching, get inspiration from each other. So Robin, what are you reading these days? I'm reading this, uh, it's nonfiction. It's this woman by the name of Audrey Edwards who wrote a book called American Run- Runaway, Black in Paris during the Trump years. Whoa. And she ran off and became an expat in Paris like the day before Trump's inauguration. And she's talking about what it is being an American in Paris, being a black American in Paris, having fled Trump. 
getting to know France, making making French friends, like finding your way in Paris or whatever. I'm a huge Anglo, I am an Anglophile. I'm a huge <laughs> Francophile in addition to a huge Anglophile. Um, I spent a year living in Paris in my 20, like as a student, and I've been wanting to move back since. And so I love, I'm now, I'm at the point of like my life when I'm like searching out other expat stories and hearing people experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting because I've never read a black person's point of view. Usually the expats are white Americans. Mm-hmm. Right, wow. So it's really kind of incredible. Adina, we need to check that out for your book club. I was yes. going to say, we should add it to the list. We need to add it to our TBR. I just can't stop thinking about the idea of you. And I would love to read another <laughs> book that is like remotely similar, close, and like nothing compares. I've exhausted every single book on Goodreads that people recommend. The thing that I found the closest, which actually was your recommendation, The Perfect Find. Oh, I really, it's my girlfriend, Tia. I know. I loved it. <laughs> I read it and I loved it. That was a very good suggestion. But like, I need something else. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but I'm just going to keep reading. <laughs> yeah, Tia, and Tia's got a new book coming out. Oh, good. Called Seven, I think it's called Seven Days in June. Oh my gosh, okay. I don't want to, I think it's called Seven Days in June. Okay. I, I always want to confuse it with Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, our another amazing book. book. <laughs> big fan of that book over here. Um, and uh, yeah, I love The Perfect Find. Another book I, I recommend a lot is, um, my Oxford Year by Julia Wellen. Okay. Oh, God. Liana's going to read that tonight. Just so you know. <laughs> I love having new books to read. The story about this woman who spends a year, she's a Broads scholar in the book, and uh, she's an American, and she falls in love with this British guy at Oxford. Ooh. And he's like, he's the closest I've seen to Hayes, because he's just a kind of dreamy, preppy, preppy, posh kind of, Jamie's his name. And- um, oh. oh. You're speaking our language. <laughs> in some ways. You've convinced me. Yes. My next one. So yeah, those two books I feel like are my closest. I feel like they're the closest to my book for different mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for sitting down with us this afternoon and just, you know, diving deep into the book. We've all really enjoyed reading it and are very, very appreciative. I dream. For having me. This is wonderful. It was a dream. Thank you so, so much. We really appreciate it. Along with reading the idea of you during quarantine, this is like super fun for us as another activity during quarantine. So (laughs) you're just sponsoring our activities right now during quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. So that was so much fun getting to chat and hang out with Robin. She was the perfect first guest for our podcast. And so Robin, if you're watching this, thank you again so, so much. We had such a great time with you. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends, with your family. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on our Instagram and feel free to reach out with any questions or comments. Our handle is Rehashing Podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or if you're watching us on YouTube, we love to see you. Thank you so much. And we really look forward to chatting with you again and rehashing it all out with you guys as the weeks go on. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Have a good week.